Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 202. We've got a great show with, with an awesome guest coming up. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, writer, journalist, owner of the Georgia Virtue and dog mom, Jessica Salaji. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm, I'm warm. How are you? Cold. Well, I'm not actually cold, but it, is, it has been a chilly week. Yeah. But no icy weather, despite what was forecast earlier, early last week, that we were all looking forward to uh, you know, having horrible weather over the weekend. And it turns out that was erroneous. I am shocked to my very core. <laughs> I know you had a little issue with your heat, and, and now it's all nice, warm, and cozy, and the dogs are happy again. It is. Um, I had a, a problem. I think everyone hates, no offense, but everyone hates having to call the HVAC company because you know that it's probably going to be expensive. Um, it's, it's not like, and it's not something that I can fix myself, but um, they opened it up and, you know, I kept trying to like fix it and reset and use all these things on the internet and everything. And a, a wire on the inside was completely split and frayed connecting um to the heat strips, which means that, like, no matter what I did, it wasn't going to get warm. So, um, you know, sometimes we have to ask for help, and that really sucks. Yeah, but it of all the possible scenarios I gave you when we talked, that was the least expensive possible scenario. Sure. And the guy and was, was like, it took him no time at all. I mean, he fixed the wire and was like, all right, well, let me just make sure everything's running right, and you have a great day. Awesome. So, yes. Awesome service. That that is that's what every company should strive for, and not every company does. Nope. There a lot of people would have would have hem and hawed for three hours, charged you five hundred bucks and told you, you need new stuff. Yep. So speaking of spending money, Ugh. a mod arbitrary trial cost taxpayers one point oh eight million dollars in security costs alone. Isn't it ain't over yet, folks. It's insane. A million dollars for security. And, you know, they're about to have that federal trial. I think it starts in February. So, um, and even though it's a federal case, they've said that um, the Glenn County Sheriff's Office will once again be responsible for handling the security outside and on the steps of the building and everything. But the feds will go ahead and handle everything on the inside, which I think is. Oh, thanks. Freaking hilarious. <laughs> you know, like. You know what? I, I'll, I'll take care of the security on the inside. If you care, if you take care of everything on the outside, right, right. I'll handle on the inside. I, I got this, folks. I also, I mean, I, I also have just so many issues with the fact that there a million dollars was expended because they were paying people overtime. They were bringing people in from outside agencies. They had to um, put them up in hotels and pay for gas and and meals and all kinds of crap like that. But there, there weren't any protests like the. Nobody was violent. Nobody was um, rowdy. And we know that if people want to get rowdy, like we know from the riots and everything, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. I don't think that was their intention. Um, well, had the, not that it was ever likely, had it come back anything other than guilty, had it come back mistrial, had it come back, oh, God forbid, not guilty. Anything like that, yes, that there might, there might have been some things get out of hand. But for the entire length of trial, I understand bringing in people for the, the verdict, 
Yeah. Or being prepared. We, you know, okay, <laughs> the defense is going to rest. Uh, we're about to do final arguments. Let's, let's go ahead and bring people in. But sure. to bring in full staff for the entire uh, length of the trial seems... And they spent over a week doing jury selection alone, like which is not controversial. I mean, it, it it's excessive. And the federal hate crimes um, trial is, I don't think it's going to be brief because they're going to be picking jurors from 43 counties around southeast Georgia. Um, and of course, they're they're going to screen some of them. But um, uh, it, it's, it's insane. You're, you're guilty. Now you're extra guilty. Yeah, you've got life in prison, so let's double down. Good Lord. Ah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand this This ensures that they'll never get out. I don't understand. I know there are legal scholars and, and learned members of the bar who tell me why I'm wrong. I don't understand how this is not double jeopardy. Because they're not charging them with the same offenses. So Yeah, but it's the same crime. Right, but... It's it's different acts. And the federal government has has asserted this sovereignty thing where they basically claim that, you know, they have the jurisdiction to go beyond the state offenses and, and, and charge for civil rights violations. And they do it all the time. But I know, I know they do. It, I know that they do it all the time. I also know that you could you can commit one crime and get charged for five different offenses, mm-hmm. which again I, I don't understand. If 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 it's armed robbery, how, how do I get how do I get fifteen different offenses for armed robbery? I agree, and I also think that you know it's wrong on both ways. It's wrong to throw the book at them twice and and double down for for no like efficient or justice oriented purpose. It's also wrong when a state level jury finds somebody not guilty and the feds are like well we don't like that so we're going to charge them too like that's sure. all i mean it's it's, it's the federal government was never court. supposed to was never supposed to be prosecuting offenses like this outside of national security the military interstate commerce things like that this this has right. no, this is totally out of bounds oh yeah it's, it's a executive overreach speaking of overreaching did you hear about the political candidate uh, 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 who's following sexy girls on social media? Uh, yeah, I guess you have. Yeah. So Heisman I'll- Trophy winner turned Senate candidate Herschel Walker gets dragged through the mud for following OnlyFans models on Instagram. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, like. How disturbing. Uh, the material is "quote unquote" racy. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't give care a shit. If, yeah, I don't care if he's he's on OnlyFans. Uh, you know, paying girls to take their clothes off. First of all, he, I believe he's single. Secondly, well, which which personality? Yeah, exactly. Secondly, even if he was married, that'd be between him and his wife. And if if he wants to, to I mean, whatever he wants to. To, to look at is is his business. It, it's almost like he's a man. And he likes looking at pictures of pretty girls. Well, Gary Black, the camp, their campaign is going after him for it. And his campaign spokesperson, Dan McLagan, who is fairly, I mean, he's been involved in a lot of campaigns. Um, Karen Handel, David Belisle, a lot of statewide. He's a pretty... Um, 
popular communications director for these. And for Gary Black's campaign, his quote was, stalking and domestic abuse are disqualifying by themselves, referencing to his um, dissociative disorder stuff that happened with his ex-wife. But he said, but a porn addiction would be a significant third strike. That's just handing the Senate to the Democrats. A porn addiction. That escalated quickly. First of all, that means Gary Black's a prude. We're not talking about. I don't want to know what any of them think about. If you if you think a girl in a bikini is porn, we're just not going to get along. Well, that's that's just the way it is. If you think Playboy is porn, we're just not going to get along. Well, and I for and then uh, I mean, the, the Senate is already ha- like owned by the Democrats. Warnock already has the seat, so they're not handing anything to him. And if if people are so dense that they think that, I mean, it. Is there really nothing else that you can go after Herschel Walker over than going through who he follows on Twitter? What is it next week? Are we going to read about his followers? Who cares? Right. The fact is, Gary Black's not interesting enough to follow anybody on Instagram because he has no idea what it is. Well, he's too busy regulating onions. Right. Right. And I, this is the weakest attack I've ever seen. It, it's, Never have I liked Herschel Walker more than well, that Gary Black. I, I wouldn't go that uh, far. Uh, yeah, but I said more uh, than to say, than to say. Oh, he follows models on Instagram. So I'm sure, if you go through my Facebook and, and, and different groups that I'm in, like look at what Dave's into. No, there's just different groups I've been invited to. Yeah, I don't care if they're packing porn to go into the Capitol or, you know, watching dirty movies in between committee meetings. I don't care. That is the yeah, least. That's about, that's about the least offensive thing they could be doing. Exactly. Like those things don't impact my life and their 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 decisions aren't costing me money or limiting my freedoms. So whatever. Right. I, I, they're grasping at straws here in the black campaign. They know that he doesn't have the name recognition that Walker does. He's just he's just lobbing bombs. And honestly, they're duds because nobody cares. Like my social media hasn't hasn't blown up on this. I just happened to see a blurb on this somewhere else. and like, huh, what? And, and went and researched a little bit and, and found found this story about him. Like, wow, that's a porn addiction. He needs to talk to people who have actually talked to David Duchovny. Who's actually had a porn addiction? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, if we still had a loser of the week segment, Gary Black would definitely claim the title. Absolutely. I mean, he wouldn't know because I don't think he would know how to use a podcast. So someone have to tell him. True. Can you imagine getting him on to record and going through the process of, of recording this show? Huh? What? We'll have to There's- talk about my my background with Gary Black. Next, <laughs> next week on Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. <laughs> Joining us now is special guest this week, Neil Singleton of Tattnall County. He's also a congressional candidate for Georgia's 12th District. Neil, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. I like being on here talking to you guys. I'm super excited that Neil's joining us because I've known him for quite a while now, obviously covering Tattnall County in Southeast Georgia. Um, but I think it's important to mention like what connected Neil and I in the beginning, which was Tattnall County Magistrate 
judge Eddie Anderson. <laughs> yeah, good Eddie. Yes, he's the judge that tossed me out of his office a couple years ago and yelled at me and said, "Good day, good day, young lady." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you had about the same experience, except he didn't say "good day" or "young lady." Uh, I, pretty much the same experience that landed Eddie in a federal court uh, and, <laughs> yeah. me winning a, and me winning uh, a judgment against her. So yeah, it's probably about the same thing. He probably thinks of you and I on the same level. So hope left out. And and. The other guy who thinks of us on the same level is uh, our a show favorite, Mayor Van Johnson. We both sued him. Yes, yeah, big old, good man. He doesn't. Uh, I I don't know if he doesn't understand the laws or, or or recent court rulings about like freedom of speech and stuff. But he feels that he's above them. So he got he got checked twice. He got checked with mine, and then really he really got checked in yours. So. I mean, I, I, I'm really glad that you came in after mine and, and did the same thing. Actually, you did more than I did, but kudos. I appreciate, everybody appreciates it. Well, I mean, I, we've talked about it on the show before, and like it, he was such an easy – first of all, he's an easy target because, you know, he's he's so outright and um, forward about how he's willing to suppress speech and, and shut dissenters up, but – Second, like it just felt good it, against it, him because of his policies. It, it did. I, I really think that, that his policies, you know, in the last two years and the new council there, they're, they're really, in my personal opinion, they're destroying Savannah. And I love Savannah. Yeah. You know, I've been I've been part of Savannah since 1993 when I was stationed at Hunter on the airfield. But um, I, I just hate to see how it's went from what it was way back then to what it is now. And, I really just hate even going to Savannah anymore. Yeah. Do you wear Kevlar? I, well, I, I don't wear Kevlar, but I, I wear something else. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, now you're running for Congress. And, well, actually, I should back up one more thing. That One other time where Neil and I had far too much fun was he, you were a candidate for state senate last two years ago, right? Two, oh, yeah. two years ago now? Yeah. So two years. It was pandemic. Yeah. Yep. And I moderated a debate, and it, there were there were um, five of you, or four uh, of you? Four, me, Kathy, Scott, and Billy. Yes, and I asked them about their position on the Second Amendment, and everyone's giving all these milk toast answers. And Neil's holding a microphone and looks around. He's like, "I'm wearing, I'm, I'm carrying a gun right now." <laughs> and the faces of all three of them were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like these this is a Republican primary debate too, which was fantastic. Yeah, so. I think that pretty we much go- solidified my stance on the Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah, but we um we go back a ways, and so yeah. I'm glad you're here to talk about your campaign. So I guess maybe start off with um why in 2022, in the times of chaos, you would want to voluntarily go to Congress. You know, I, I've been asked this question a few times, and I really don't think there's a really good answer for me other than I, I see what's happening in Congress. I've, I've looked at what the current rep has done, Mr. Mr. Rick Allen, and it's, and it's not that Mr. Allen has been a horrible representative for the 12th, but he votes in ways that favors big donors, favors his businesses, his business, his main business, his construction business. And 
he run on a, his first run in his campaign way back in 14, 14 or 14, was he was running on, you know, term limits and not lifetime politician statuses and stuff. And I really think now it's just time for newer blood that may be able to get away from far-right politics to become more I'm more right of center, more willing to work with the other side to get what should be done for the American people and not what should be done just for one particular side of the aisle. And I think that's the way Mr. Allen operates. He's a one-sided aisle type of guy. So I really think we need change. If, if we're going to move forward for the best of everybody, well, we got to have change in many, many parts of the Republican Party. Do I mean, you? you know the job sucks, right? I know the job sucks. <laughs> and you know, what makes it sucks even more is that it, it, it's a good salary at 175000 a year or so. Uh, yeah, but you got to maintain two houses yeah, and one in D.C. I know, and we're looking at that. And you know, I, talk, I talked to my wife about it, and I'm not a fancy person. I don't need fancy names. I don't, really, I don't even own a suit right now. I think, for the most part, for the first year, I'm going to do the freshman congressman thing, and most of my time will be spent in the office on, on the couch. Some people don't like that, but I think that's the way it's going to be. Because um, I'm, not, I'm not there for money. I don't want the, you know, a fancy apartment in there. And actually, 50% of my salary, or nearly 50%, is going to St. Jude's Cancer Research. So it's not, it's, to me, it's not about the money. It's not about living a lavish lifestyle. I just want change, and it's going to suck. It sucks right now. I mean, yesterday I got threatened by you know somebody calling me threatening to kill me because they didn't like me and called a far left zealot on the internet. So it it sucks and it sucks bad, but I'm willing to do it because it's so getting threatened to kill be killed is it just a Thursday for me? I'm married. Yeah, uh, well, oh, I, you know, my my wife threatens to kill me when she wakes up every morning because. I've tossed and turned, but this is a, it, it's, it's a, it sucks running. It sucks because I really think it, it, it sucks even more because it is, we are running in a time of, of social media and everything you do or you say, especially when your, your name on your, your Facebook is Neil Singleton for Congress, Georgia 12, something like that. And everything you say gets taken to the next level. I can tell somebody, good morning, stay warm today. You don't care about me being warm. Okay. That's true. And, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just me trying to be nice. Um, calling somebody to me well, on a zealot is being nice, but hey, you know. Why don't you mention a little bit about your background, like why, you know, because Rick Allen, obviously, he's very well connected yeah. and he's become more connected as he's been a congressman. But, you know, he had a, he had a unique background in being a businessman in Augusta. And, you know, he he actually ran in the primary one time and lost because people didn't know who he was. And then the second time, you know, he, at that point, he'd been running for four years and he had a lot higher name recognition. Mm -hmm. Um but people didn't really know much about Rick Allen and he didn't have anything that I don't, I don't think that like made him uniquely qualified to be our congressman. So talk a little bit about your background and kind of 
because I mean, you mentioned a little bit of time in the the, the military, but yeah, uh, well, I spent some time in the military. Um, in the army, was nothing special. Did nothing special. Um, from the army, I ventured on into a. At first, this is this was in the early nineties. You know, I've been a truck driver. I've owned my own trucking business, but then I got into law enforcement, which started in uh, Denver, Colorado. Uh, uh, a police officer in Denver, and from Denver, uh, found my way back to Savannah, where I became a, a Savannah police officer for a while. Then I met my wife uh, early in 2010, 2011 or so. I can't remember exactly. I do know the anniversary coming up, though. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, after we met her, we moved back to we moved to Tatma County, where she's from. Um, we one of the big one of the biggest reasons I think I started I, I think I started looking at politics, especially with the Senate race in Georgia against uh, Billy Hickman, again, was the Department of Family and Children Services. We were fostered to adopt parents, and after seeing how. The, the, the foster parents are treated, especially foster to adopt parents. The lies, the, the deceit that the employees do. And what we went through, with, we, we started fighting for a baby's rights um, and ended up, ended up filing against the state and against defects for what happened to us because a defects worker created multiple fake Facebook accounts and used our pictures and were making false statements on the internet using you know fake, fake Facebook and social media accounts, which was proven in court. But for the state law, they couldn't be held accountable. They were protected because it was in the, the duty of their jobs, is what the uh, AG said. And it was at that point in time, it was that it was that day I got threatened with arrest at Tatum County Sheriff's Office because. I thought I was that day. I thought I was meant to kill somebody. They they took you know they took our baby boy that we had we had a year with over some bullshit to be honest. And that was the day I decided to get into it, knowing just how corrupt the entire system is. Because I've been on the other side where I've been part of the system, charging people and putting them in jail. And I've been on the side where I've been accused of something that was later cleared up, but it still, for a period of two or three years, ruined my life. But in the end of it, I, that there was nothing wrong. I don't make a lot of people see both parts of the spectrum like I have. I think that gives me a lot of insight to say, I've been there, I've done that. I've been there, I've done that. And I, I hopefully that sits well with people saying, He's, he is a common person that understands the struggles of low and middle income families, the struggles of being a police officer in today's times, the struggles of the trucking industry owning a small business, and also the troubles with defects and what parents can go through with them. So I think, I think all together, if you can muddle that all together and get a good, get a good name out there and a good story like that out there, that'll make more people will resonate with that. That's my hopes anyway, but that's, that's really why I got into it, is seeing how the system is so corrupt on both sides. 
not just the side of a police officer or side of a civilian or, or government work. It's corrupt on each side of them. And somebody's got to bring everything to the middle. And hopefully that's me. Do you... Well, what are yeah, what are the ahead. top three issues that you're looking for or looking to, to address when you get to Congress? The, the top three would be I mean, everybody wants to hear Second Amendment. Um, I don't see our Second Amendment rights going anywhere, and I, I would never, I don't, I don't, never vote on legislation like that. I think right now, most people want, they're, they're concerned with health, money, and freedom. And I'm there for, I'm for, I'm for limited government. Um, I really want to bring a more radical approach to taxes, immigration, and veteran services. I'm a big, big thing about veteran services. But uh, immigration. So let's talk about the. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say let's talk about a like you talked about a more radical approach to taxes and immigration. What does that What does that mean for you? Well, my tax plan. The, the way I do taxes is a little bit over seventy percent of people of citizens in the United States that pay their. And I can only talk about federal. I guess not, not talk about state taxes or anything. The about seventy percent or so, a little bit over that, pay in taxes and they get back nearly every penny they paid in. Some get back thousands more than they paid in. You know, using the child tax credits or you know, married and stuff like that. And that's happened to us. I'm not going to die. We we paid them four thousand of taxes and got back six grand back. That to me, I look at that. It's, it's nice for my wallet. It's not nice for America as a whole. So my radical approach would be to just stop taxing people on incomes, single people to one hundred twenty-five thousand, married couples to three hundred fifty thousand on the federal level. Just, just stop it because that's that's where our our biggest tax refund status people are when it comes to income. So they, they're, they're, they are the people who get back more taxes, but they nearly get back every penny they paid in. I think we can... Look, that'll, that'll send the divorce rate down. Well, that'd be nice. It would, but <laughs> I, I think people, and they say, well, I want my big refund. Why? If I can, if I can tell you, I, I'm not going to tax you on a federal level. Your refund is every paycheck. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep what you, you earn. Yeah, and, and it was also, you just want to tax the wealthy. The wealthy right now, the top, what is it, the top 3% of earners pay more than the bottom 87% of earners combined in taxes, something like that. It's, it's yeah. you know, they, they don't, it's not that the wealthy people don't care. They don't want to be taxed either, but I'm also giving them the same, my plan gives them the same tax break. Their first 125000 is free. Their first three hundred, three hundred fifty thousand is free if they're married, and then that's when their tax brackets start. It's equal to all citizens, besides the fact that yeah, once you earn this much money, we're going to tax you. I understand that. Okay. Taxes are not going anywhere. No, if I hate to say this, and I, and I know this, you know, you have you have libertarians and, and stuff like that, but no taxes. Taxes are not going anywhere. I wish they would. It would take another revolutionary war, but Congress is not just going to stand up and say, "Die, we're not going to tax anybody." It'll never happen. And I think running on running on that kind of platform is disingenuous to say, "No taxes, I'm not going to tax you." But it, in one way or another, you're going to pay a tax. 
I don't disagree with that. I mean, it's totally disingenuous to say that, you know, you're in favor and when you get up there, you're going to do X, Y, and Z knowing full well that you can't. I mean, of course, we would all like that. But I I do, even though I am, I think all taxation is theft. Mm -hmm. And as a libertarian, I want to see complete, I want to see us start at zero and, and then go from there again. I know in reality, we never will, like you said, unless people take up arms and there's a complete start over from the beginning. And, and I don't foresee that happening right now. So uh, yeah, and I, and I think know, that, that know, takes us back to where you are. Yeah. So, so when, uh, when a politician is running saying, I don't want to tax you, I don't want to tax you. Problem is you're going to be taxed because I, it's just it, it would I would be lying to you to say it that that's, that's something I can run on. Well, they they say they don't want to tax you, but then they vote for the budget. Exactly, right. and, and you know the budget can can definitely be reduced. We have a seven hundred and seventy eight was it seven hundred seventy eight billion defense budget this year, seven hundred seventy six something like that. Um, I do see that as being excessive, but the thing about the defense bill is. We don't get to see everything that's in it because a lot of it is black money for the Pentagon or black money for the CIA or the, the billions that go to the National Guard every year. And I still, I still want a strong border and I still want a strong military, but I think we could cut 40, 30 to 40% off the defense budget just by holding the military responsible for their own inventories. You know, it's, that's just the fact that, you know, that we lose, we can't account for half the stuff that we're supposed to have in the military. It's got to But you've got to account for every round you fire at the range. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you're not doing Yeah, they're, 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 they're losing tanks. Yeah. yeah, you're losing tanks, but the individual soldiers got to, got to go pick up every single piece of oh, grass yeah. and justify every round that went to the range. That's right. So it's, it's just ridiculous to think, and you get hit with that saying, well, I want to reduce our military budget. It's, it's not I want to reduce our military budget. I want to hold the people accountable that's getting the money. So let's stop and hold them accountable. Well, the easiest that. way to do that is to is to stop holding next year's budget over the heads of departments mm-hmm. saying, if you don't spend at least 90% of your budget, you're not getting your budget next year. That's right. It, it, so that, that that's where you, you it, on the company level, and the, the Army at least, uh, when we get to the government fourth quarter, which is August, September, is you go and blow up every round of ammunition we have. Just just get rid of it. If we don't get rid of it, we're not going to have it next year. Yeah, and I think that's, to me, that's, to me, that, that's, that's ignorant economics. And I think most people would agree with that because save the money, put it back in the general fund. Hey, oh, you didn't spend fifty billion dollars this year. Let's write a big check Thank to the you. deficit. Let's let's do something with this money other than like you just said, you're you're just wasting money throwing rounds down range. Well, even if you give a promotion points to to the to the uh, company brigade commanders that that come in under budget. Hey, I'm gonna fire off some more promotion points because that's what motivates officers is getting oh, yeah. that next promotion. Yeah, everything you're talking about. Throwing, you know, to me, in the army, your a goal is to get to, in my opinion, lieutenant colonel. Once you get to lieutenant colonel, you've got it made in the army. Everything up to that point is is that you, you were looking at it to be that person 
because everyday, everybody below you are the ones that are just they're, they're just fighting for anything to get moved up. But if I could be a if I could be a lieutenant colonel in the army, I, I tell you, you probably couldn't tell you couldn't tell me crap. I'd just be sitting. Well, it depends on where you are. Yeah. I mean, I, I've known a few of the Pentagon. I mean, I, I've known some some full bird colonels of the Pentagon who go and get coffee. You know, my well, my wife's uncle. <laughs> probably, it's all perspective. My wife's uncle was probably like that. He was he's a retired full bird colonel in the Air Force, and he taught at the War College and stuff like that with avionics and avi- aviation and stuff. And uh, I could see him being like that, not wanting people to do his own thing, but. Now, the goal of an army is is move move up or move on. Yeah, and that's it. But if you could dangle that carrot, let's come in under budget, all the way down to the NCO ranks. Is if we if if uh, if that first sergeant can can come back from the range with with forty percent of the ammo that you you went, all your guys qualified, and we still came back with forty percent of the ammo to put it back in. You know, you know what, top. Here's here's some here's something. Dangle a carrot. Yeah, bring I mean, them in under budget. I, I don't disagree with that, and I've never thought about it that way. So I mean, you really, you know, you. I really never thought about it that way of of offering those that kind of system. So I mean, it's something that I could definitely see, you know, trying to be pushed in the military. And I, and I would think that if you're on the Congress floor, that's something that you're trying to promote. You would see real quick who is about spending money and who isn't. Just by getting a floor vote on it, so that would be right. Well, that's one of those things that that you'll get half of Congress to co-sponsor the bill, and it'll never get out of committee. Right. So it's what? Well, you guys are kind of getting way down in the, like, right the, way into the, the weeds of something that yeah, on, on, <laughs> that most people, no offense, don't care about, but or don't understand. I but, think is more the issue that they you know if you can explain it to them like you did. But if anyway, yeah. um, immigration. Immigration is the is you know, of course one of the next hottest points that everybody wants to talk about, especially in Georgia. And my immigration plan still involves closing the border, closing the gaps, but it also goes further to not to deny people insurance in our country because uh, that's just not me. I believe you know I, I can't hate people, and I believe that most people coming over want to be just have a good life. So. My idea is to close our borders 100%, however we have to do it, and every 50 miles or so will be a processing station that can handle processing of people coming into the border, X amount of people a day, uh, with full medical, you know, get their shots, just like an American citizen does if they go into a public school system, um, check for TV, the, the 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 radical part about this bill, or my thoughts about this, is instead of paying coyotes, we we charge a fee five hundred seven hundred fifty dollars per adult, two hundred fifty or so per child, um, and they pay this at this processing station to get processed into the United States quicker. Uh, at that same time, we would give them an ID. And a nine-digit number, like the like I took the tax ID numbers that business use, and send them on the way. They have X amount of time to start their immigration process. We now have IDs, fingerprints, and this is where you crack down on employers. People saying because now with this new number, they're going to have to participate into our 
our full economic system. And I think that's really what oh. most people want. They, it's not that a lot of people care that people are coming across their southern border. They do care. Uh, and so there's definitely some shady characters that come across, but they want them to participate in our system. And it seems like the view is that most of them do not. So if we could, I if we could change that up and show that no, they participate in our system, we're holding employers responsible, and they're going to be taxed just like you. So what is the problem now? You just don't like Mexican people or what? That, that, that's my view on it. Um, I don't, I don't disagree that people like the issue is, is not only that they want them to participate, but they also don't want them to be eligible for benefits or social programs or things like that. Um, where, I mean, I, I think people, and it's not necessarily true or across the board, but I think there's a, a huge stigma that people are coming here. Um, even if it's just for services at our hospitals or something, and they're not they're not paying because of what, whatever their circumstances are, I think the pull on the system um, in any way is what bothers people too. Um, if they're paying into it, you know, I think that's great. But then the argument turns into like we've got plenty of Americans that are pulling on the system. Um, like the the system is its own problem on its own that we we hand out far too much. Well, that you know, that's being a politician or, or wanting to try to change things. So, and, and that's what you get hit back with. Well, we have Americans struggling out here too. Well, I, I understand that, but I also understand that if they're not participating in the system, too, I, I would feel the same way about them as I would a foreigner coming across and not participating. Tell me why I should. It, does your title as an American citizen just entitle to you entitle you to free services? That's not what being an American. You could get rid of the entitlements. You, you could. Do you think those are going anywhere? It'd be nice. It'd be nice. But let, let's let's be real. The entitlements come from the left and quite a few from the right side of the aisle. Because we live in a, a nation where there's very rural, poor communities, and they depend on those services and handouts. So there's not going to be a there's not going to be a politician who's going to stand up and say, "Ah, we're, we're taking all this away from you. Go get a job, earn it." You might you might as well you know resign from office that day. So what, It'd well, be fun, though. It, it would be, but, but where's the happy medium? In, 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 the, in the scenario of entitlements, where is that somebody's going to be upset? And that's just... And that's, Say la vie. Yeah, I mean, that's just... Yeah, it's life. And so I'm like, I don't know what to tell people because I can't hate people. If... if, if People are coming across our border, they're participating in our society, they're paying their taxes, they're paying their Medicare, they're doing all this stuff, they, they have earned themselves into a system. If you're an American citizen and you're just sitting on your couch being Miss Lazy Susan, you're not, you're not participating. I would rather give it to the person who's participating that's not a citizen yet 
than a person who is not and is a citizen. Well, I don't want you to limit um, controversial opinions to the three most important issues. So <laughs> we're going to do a little rapid fire um, right now. And Dave and I'll take turns um, going through a topic and you just tell us in 10 seconds or less, like what's your position on what well, the first thing that comes to mind in terms of your position on that. Mm. So, okay. Um, so first, um, additional COVID relief funds from Congress. Uh, no, I do, I do not support it. It's too much spending. We've pumped $20 trillion into the economy. We're at record inflation and our store shelves are bare. So no, I'm sorry. I do not agree with more CARES funding for COVID. Expanded child relief credit. Uh, under my tax plan, um, I, I'd have to say no because the it wouldn't matter uh, for, for how many children you have. Uh, if my plan couldn't get passed, I don't I don't see expanding it at all. I, I don't think I'd vote on it because it's not. I don't. It just, I just had to say no, uh, based on, especially based on my tax plan. It wouldn't matter anyway. You can have ten kids or one um, kid. You get treated the same. Vaccine mandates. Absolutely not. Not on any level. Local government, state government, federal government. Vaccines are your choice to do. Um, so no. How about vaccine passports? Absolutely not. I don't even. I don't even want to show my ID to get a beer at Buffalo Wild Wings. Why would I want to show anything <laughs> else to, to 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 go watch a movie or to go or to go visit the Bahamas or something? No. Um, third party ballot access, like doing some sort of federal legislation or um, prohibition on the states with regard to ballot access. Um, I absolutely support third party candidates access on a ballot without having to jump through any hoes, without having to pay any extra fees. Um, I, I think citizens need that choice. And and right now, independents are where it's at. That, that, that's where more people are identified as. And like I say, I wanted to run as independent, but the signature count for Georgia is just not happening. And we haven't had Correct. a signature candidate for Congress um, that's an independent since like the 40s or something? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's been, yeah, I think it was in the 40s. But uh, it's just not, and, and people got upset with me for it, but the the 5% the match and the strict guidelines, even down to the size of what, how big your, uh, your note board can be, it's ridiculous. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Expanding the Supreme Court. Nope. I don't think. That that's the definition of one party just want to stack the Supreme Court for themselves. Um, I didn't agree with the the, the holding off. Uh, when was it they held off last time until the new president was sworn in? But then this last time they with Trump they got all and they got the Supreme Court sworn in. I think the Supreme Court mm -hmm. keep it as it is. Uh, if there's a vacancy, Congress should be. We, we have 90 days to fill this vacancy or 60 days to fill this vacancy. Because you're leaving the court lopsided at that point. Understanding that the Supreme Court has, you know, grew a little bit, but there should be mandate. There should be mandates in place. This is a vacancy we must fill. It's in the best interest of the American people. 
Um, weed. I, I'm for legalization of weed on the federal level. I, I think removing it from the federal level, absolutely. Um, when it comes to the state, I can't. You can't control what the states do. I really think that should be uh, on the on the ballot for the state citizens to decide from that point on. I would I would vote yes for it. Federal so, minimum wage. I, I think wages are best kept between the employer and employee. The the minimum wage law is it, great because it's so people can be kept out of you know. Intentional slavery. Go 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 work here doing this type of labor for for five dollars an hour. Well, if you agree to it, that's fine. But let's give people a little bit what to work. But I don't think we should be changing the minimum wage, especially now that the average minimum wage is shooting up naturally on its own. Why don't we just let that occur and let uh, you know the, the workforce handle it right now? Well, speaking of slavery, um, private prisons. I'm against private prisons, and I think they should, every single one of them be closed. And I think the people, you know, as well, you're costing me a job. You know what? we got 10,000 openings across other prisons in the state. Go to one of those. Matter of fact, we're going to give you a $3,000 stipend to help you relocate or whatever it is. Go work at this prison over here. How about DOJ settlements for tragedies like uh, mass shootings in Charleston or Las Vegas? Those, you know, like when when they say the government had some responsibility. I don't think one of those shootings are happening on on private property. Um, there should the, the no the simple answer is no. I don't support those. I understand that the the victims. Probably want need compensation, and somehow that that to me that is the the job of the venue that this was held at itself. Um, if it's at a church, I understand that, but government can't be everywhere all the time unless you want to start running under a Hitler re- regime, and then we'll just post up the military everywhere you want to go, and then it's my fault if you get shot. Other than that. Roe v. Wade. I am against abortion. The Roe v. Wade was turned into what it is today through a court system and attorneys. It was based on a privacy case to start with that got twisted what we know as it today. And just to kind of extend this answer a little bit, I was I was asked this. I, I have a uh, a gay family member, and, and she's married to her partner, which I don't care about that. And she had called me and asked me a question about how is it, you know, with Roe Ro versus Wade, is about women's rights. But now you have women that are trans, transitioning into a man, but they become pregnant. Does Roe versus Wade protect them now? Is that now a woman's right or a man's right? Lord, I don't, I don't know. Uh, is it, Dave? It, <laughs> <laughs> Men can't get pregnant. <laughs> they, they just they, exactly. In that case, they just gave themselves straight. Yeah, they, they just. If uh, if a transgender man gets pregnant, he just that's just straight with extra steps. Exactly. 
So can they use women's rights? No, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conundrum to me because you want to be like, you want to be a man, but you also want the rights of, a, you know, the, the bodily protections of a woman. And you really got to make up your mind because it's, it's going to come. There's going to be a court case on this. I have no doubt we're going to see it. And the courts are going to have to define what, what is a man and what is a female. And I think that needs to be done. Anybody, you want to volunteer for that? Jessica? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I can. But hey, in, in closing, Neil, tell us uh, where we can learn more about you, follow your campaign, and connect with you. Uh, well, of course, you can see my you know my stances on my website, which is uh, neilforcongress.com, and it's N-E-I-L-F-O-R-Congress.com. Uh, my Facebooks are all... All my social media is Neil for Georgia 12th, GA 12th. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff is easy to find. And right now I'm on a seven-day ban on Facebook, which is <laughs> which is kind of common for me, apparently. Uh, I've been trying to behave, but calling somebody a far-left zealot is apparently bullying and well, I'm disappointed because that was one of my rapid fire things, which was big tech and Facebook censorship and everything. But, but you know, I, yeah, you spend you are like our former one of our former co-hosts. You spend more time, it seems like, in Facebook jail than not. And that's how I know if you're alive or not. Like if, yeah. if you haven't posted in a while, then I'll go to Jill's page to see if she's posted. Hey, Neil's in jail again. Um, yeah. He'll be back in 30 days or however it's long funny. it is. Last year was 190 days in Facebook jail. And this year, this is the first time I've been this year, but I really don't see, you know, if, if you want a big tech answer, I, I, I don't like being censored, not at all, because I like to speak my mind about things. Uh, I don't sugarcoat much. The only way I see around big tech and censorship is you hit them in the wallet. Take it to a... Uh, to where if you want to be a media source, which they are, uh, a source of news and commentary for politics versus and all this other stuff, and you want to be listed on a national exchange, you're going to have to give a bit more leeway on freedom of speech. And Well, Neil, thank you very much. Speak, speaking of freedom of speech, uh, our freedom is running out on time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but, but we certainly appreciate you being so generous with your time uh, and spending it with us. Yes, thank you for uh, coming on the we, show, Neil. I appreciate it. Guys. We will certainly share your 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 information on our show page when the show drops. Well, I do I do appreciate it. Of course, I'm always like talking to Jessica. So. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good Neil, day. Neil, once again, thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, thank you, guys. Bye. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any comp- respective company for which we, we, we've done this so well, <laughs> so well for so long, respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes in relevant stores over the georgiavirtue.com. You know... I can tell when you're about to blow it. (laughs) (laughs) I I can can hear you start. I can hear you too. (laughs) I can can like tell it's coming and then it just gets worse. But that's okay. Yeah, because I get ahead of myself.
My mouth out outruns my eyes. <laughs> Again, big thanks to Neil Singleton for joining us. Jessica, you want to get to your closing thought? Yeah. So, do you? What do you do when you can't sleep? I pace. Literally, you get up and pace. Yeah, I do. Why? I don't know. Does it help? Does it make you tired? I, I, no, I don't disturb my, my wife. Oh, well, I have lots of instances where I can't sleep. And so I usually um, pick something to read to try to make myself so tired or, you know, but um, a couple weeks ago, I think, well, that's how I found the Antarctica article that I talked about in last week's <laughs> show. And then, then the next night I, um, I read about how the Poland paid a Guantanamo Bay detainee, um, like an amount of a sum of money because of civil rights violations and wrongful detention because of how they handled everything. So then I was down this rabbit hole of um, detainees and how common it is for countries that worked with the CIA and the black sites to um, compensate people. And then that took me to see how many detainees are left that have not been charged with the crime. And then I was reading about CIA blacklists. And and then I wanted to know like how the CIA recruits. And bef- and so I was like, okay, I need to stick to things like the world's largest potato, which was the article I skimmed over to go to Guantanamo Bay because I was so fired up after I read all of that. Um, so I don't recommend reading. Pacing sounds like a better idea. I might have to Stick with yeah, that. Uh, opening up my laptop and starting to read stories does not put me to sleep. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, right after our show dropped, uh, mentioning the the Antarctica thing, I saw the same story on Greg Gutfeld, like right after we did it. So obviously, we've got fans in New York. Well, that makes sense. I figured as much. So <laughs> last week, I guess week four last right after we 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 recorded the last show. Uh, Matt Lode, uh, his wife, my wife, and another couple all went to go see Ron White. At, uh, we stayed at the Georgian Terrace and went, uh, went across the Fox. I tell you, uh, if you get a chance to, where, wherever he may be performing, he killed that room. Just absolutely murdered the entire room. He, he, the opening act came on. He came on and just did a solid hour, hour 20 minutes of people grabbing their sides, laughing. All new material. Uh, fantastic. Had a, we had a great time staying at the Georgian Terrace. The hotel is not worth what we paid for it, but it's close to the Fox. And the Fox is still a, a great room to see a comedy show. Uh, there are two comics there that I've seen that just absolutely murdered the room. One was Ron White. The other was Robin Williams. Hmm. It's a, just a fantastic venue to go, to go catch a show like that. Awesome. So, Especially after the downer of the of the closing thought I had last week. Yeah. Might, might, might as well have something good. So, for Eric Cumbie, our awesome editor, for Jessica, my partner in this endeavor, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Oh, I've been running from the law. Hope they won't shoot me down soon. Catch me howling at the moon